Stand up and let's welcome our very own Pastor Monique Clark. Come on. Shout. you take your seat, just stir yourself for a few seconds in the Holy Ghost. We decree the power of the Lord. We decree a power service of power people tonight. Lord, have your way. Hey, Rabbi. Go ahead and take your seat in the Holy Ghost. Glory. The power of the Lord is in the house. Breakthrough is in the house. Deliverance is in the house tonight. Come on, sit down. It's just a midweek refresher. But I've been with Jesus and I feel good about it. Anybody ever connected with the Lord on your personal time and it just kind of spill out in public? Glory! Hallelujah! Lord, you're worthy. We give you honor tonight. We lift you up. We thank you for being faithful. Hallelujah. I'm gonna act right. I heard I was in a power church. I heard that we have a midweek refresher with power. It's real hard to sit next to a current and not move. Can you sense the Holy Ghost? I believe the Lord of Bethlehem, the God of breakthrough, is in the room tonight. Come on, sit down, sit down, sit down. Glory to God. tonight 
Tonight, this is personal. Tonight, this is important. Tonight, this is a matter of the heart. Because what I speak about tonight will determine how you enter into your next and your new. Do you understand? Not just as a body of believers, but as individuals connected to this house. And sometimes when we are expecting God, thank you, to do something for us, we make our requests known and we're doing everything we know to do, but we forget that when we are expecting something from the Lord, he's always trying to locate and determine our heart posture. And if you don't believe me on your own time, we're not going to be able to go to all these scriptures, but you can read Deuteronomy chapter 8. And it describes the fact that God sent the children of Israel on a journey and he left them on this journey for a while. Anybody in here feel like they've been on a journey for a while and you just wondering when the Lord is going to stop by and let you out? You just wondering when your stop on the bus is coming? You ever got on the blue line and thought you was going to get off on Kedzie and they announced right before your stop that this is an express train? All of a sudden there's been a situation and a circumstance that will not allow you to get off where you need to get off. It's a huge inconvenience. It causes you to be very frustrated. When you believe that you should be in one location and you're not there. But just like God needed to determine if Abraham would lay Isaac on the altar, he wanted to know that before I give you what's next, I need to see where your heart is. Amen? Believe it or not, this is a church that's on the move. Lifeline Church and the system of churches is being highlighted in the earth. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter how they feel about us. It doesn't matter when they scroll through our pictures from Sunday to pick out their favorite ones, whether they like it or not, Sister Brenda. It doesn't really matter because he's already given us a yes and an amen. The Lord, I'm trying to calm myself down because on the inside I'm excited about what the Lord is about to do. I want you to imagine, though, that when you're getting ready to move from one residence to another, you have to make some decisions. Is that right? You have to decide geographically, Sister Mina, where you want to be in the city or if you want to be outside the city. You have to determine the proximity to the baby school and to your job. And how long will it take to get over to Lifeline Church from the location that I'm looking at? But once you settle all those things, then you have to decide, you ever had this conversation, what am I taking and what am I leaving? You know how we make those big piles and we start boxes and bags and the baby walk up and be like, could I keep this? And you'd be like, if you don't put that, that you ain't played with in about two years in this box because it's not going. Stay with me. When you're making transition, you make decisions. And tonight... Before our transition as a church family, you need to make a decision. Okay? And so I need you to decide what's going to go and what's not. You decide, Emily, if, you know, you have a talk with the kids. And you say, let me tell you something. When we get to the new house, dishes ain't going to be in the sink all week long. You're going to wash them dishes when you get done eating. Amen? I think Pastor London giving me an amen over here. You know, you have a conversation with your husband and a conversation with your wife that we just not going to throw laundry down the stairs. We're going to put it in the hamper that's in the closet because I don't know who you think going to keep picking that up. We're not going to do that at the new house, right? So I think you understand where I'm going right now. 
We've been talking a lot and discussing the church. We've been talking about our relationship to the church. We've been talking about a lot of stuff with the church. Pastor asked us a few weeks ago, he said, why do you come to church? And you all gave different answers to the man of God about why you show up here in the numbers you're in. And if you haven't noticed, we're gaining momentum. Wednesday nights are on their way back to where they used to be. We're going to be running over out of here too on Wednesday. But what happens is we have different mindsets and understandings about why we should show up. But the reason we're talking about church, it, it is strategic to prepare us. And the Holy Ghost told me today for what will happen in the next 90 to 180 days. And I'm not saying this because it's something I think God said. He said, tell them that these breakthroughs will happen consecutively within the next 90 to 180 days. That means you have three to six months to line your heart posture with what God is about to do. And the decision starts tonight. Your attitude toward the church is a direct reflection of how you see God. I need you to say to your your neighbor... It's time to renew your vows. I want y'all to stop acting like y'all scared and I need you to look at your neighbor. You know how you do. And say it's time to renew your vows. Can we go to Hebrews 10 and 25? I need to say this first. Hebrews 10 and 25, we can do it in the King James Version. I'm all excited. I'm so hot. Don't you hate when you're one of them people that sweat? You know, just for no reason, people could look at you and you just, what? Trying to keep my curls intact for the camera. Jesus, the devil. Do we have the scripture? Hebrews 10, 25 in the King James Version says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What does that mean? We do not forsake to come to church. Bottom line. You got that? It says, as the manner of some... But exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Can we look at this in the Message Bible? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do. So the first thing you need to understand is that you are in a church that is a breeding ground. Say it with me for good things, God things, and greatness. Say it again. A breeding ground for good things, God things, and greatness. So here's the deal. You don't get to do what everybody else does. You ever felt like people could get away with some stuff that you just can't get away with? You ever felt like they could say what they want to say and don't nothing happen? And you could just think the thought and somebody walk past and be like the blood of Jesus. And you'd be like, what? The Bible says, do not avoid worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, encouraging each other, especially as we see the big day approaching. Somebody say the big day approaching. All right. I need you to um, understand that you are the bride of Christ. Say, I am the bride of Christ. And so tonight, God just asked me to take a few minutes and he invited you here. Some of you weren't even coming to church today. And I know this by way of the Holy Ghost. I also know this by way of a couple phone calls I got because the people just didn't intend to show up. 
But when God has something to say to you, you cannot deny him. Even when you try, you find yourself dragging into some jeans and dragging into a pullover sweater and dragging on down the street to get here. Amen. Y'all can act like I don't know what I'm talking about, but the Holy Ghost don't lie. And the reason why he brought you here is because he has something to say to his bride. He pulled you in a room because he want to say, baby, before we move to this place that I bought for you, before I dote you with all the gifts that I have for you, before I promote you in the kingdom like I want to promote you, before I highlight you right now in this season, baby, there's some things we need to discuss. And so I want to say glory to God for the bride showing up. You laughing at me right now, but in a few minutes, some people are going to be shedding tears because I told you this was a heart conversation. God has something serious to ask you. Are you ready to renew your vows? It's something about just falling in love with somebody. You want to talk to them and look at them all day. You know, I could just look at Pastor Chris all day long. You hear me? And not get tired. He could say something or not say something. It really don't matter. Because in my mind, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in my eyes. And so I could just look even if he doesn't talk and I could spend my day with my best friend. It's, you know how when you first get married or when you're dating, it's that, it's that um, coming to America type situation. Whatever you like. We can talk about food, baby. Where you want to go eat? Whatever you like. We could talk about the cars and what car do you prefer, whatever you like. And there was a season when you felt that way about your God. There was a day when you gave him a yes that was unconditional. There was a day when he rolled you out of bed at 3 a.m. You wouldn't hesitate, but you get up and brush your teeth and you pull your robe clothes and begin to walk the floor. Good morning, daddy. But something has happened in your marriage, in your relationship, and it's not the same. And I need to let you know until you get this right. Until you make this right in your relationship, you will not qualify fully for this transition. Communication has changed. You don't talk to him as often as you used to. Your attitude toward him, you know, and it's funny and it's a reflection. You might be saying, Pastor, Pastor Moni, how does this connect to the church? Because you ever seen spouses get mad, even if you're not married, you seen your mom and daddy. And it's something about when spouses get mad and one of them is offended and then they offend the other one. The house feel like it's shaking on the foundation. Doors start slamming, stuff start breaking, people's voices are elevated, things are happening. And what do they normally do? Somebody will decide to leave the house. Some of you have gotten in a tight situation with God. You don't really want to be accountable for what you've done to create this situation in the relationship. So you just stop coming to church. You stop coming by the house. We think that we could just take our family and treat them any kind of way. But the truth of the matter is probably the way you're treating God is the way you treat the earthly family he's trusted you with. Stop walking out. Stop running. He wants to bless you. Do you know that God is not mad at you? Do you know that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of your God? I just got a message for you. And we're going to start this counseling session in about five more minutes. 
But I need you to understand that you are the bride and he is the husband. And this is going to minister to the couples in the room because we take so lightly the vows and the responsibilities and the trust that God has given us for one another. And the reason why is because we've not practiced how to be a wife to God, to Christ. Amen? Just stay with me. Why do I say that deliverance is our measure tonight? And why do I say that, 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 that breakthrough is our portion and healing is our measure tonight? Because some of us, remember we're still talking about a marriage relationship. Some of us have become fatigued and tired. Some of us have been with God so long, we just, you know, we just bored. You just feel like it should be something else going on. God ain't got nothing else for us right now. We just going to keep doing the same thing week after week. They just going to keep changing the balloon colors on the wall. They don't found a new pattern and we're going to go from purple to, to orange. And then we're going to switch to green. You know, they just going to keep using the same old folks for praise and worship. I'm about tired of listening to Pastor Monique and Sheba on Saturdays, girl. It's like they're the only one they let open and close, you know. And they just be yelling and hollering. But this is the system. This is the house. This is the structure. This is the kingdom that God set up. For you, this is the house that he prepared for you to be in. But in a marriage, we get real ungrateful. We, we get real indignant. Sometimes in a marriage, you feel rejected and overlooked. You feel like... The person you're married to doesn't have time for you anymore. Their schedule is too busy. They're sharing themselves with too many people. You feel like God has forgotten about you. You feel like your ministry gift is not good enough. You feel like you've been at Lifeline for a long time and they still haven't used you yet. But maybe you didn't read the scripture that says promotion comes from your husband. And so what happens is we become distracted by the front line. We, we become distracted by these 10 seats up here. We become distracted by the person that's over the greeters and the people that are over the parking lot. And we think that we are in the relationship with them. But he's wondering if you'll just stop bringing people in the marriage and realize that it's between you and him. It's just a message. He just want to share his heart with you tonight. Some of us have become distracted with pet sins that we don't think he can see. Maybe we forgot that he's an all-seeing God. We don't want to come up for prayer because we don't want anybody to know that when church is over, we still medicated with a cocktail that it just didn't do it for you today because you really weren't connected. And so you go to your addictions when you get home. They, didn't, they don't know that you're still in relationships that you can't let anybody know that you're in. But I need you to know your husband can see you. Idolatry is to put someone in the place of God. You put your leaders in the place of God. You're, you're worried about impressing them. You're worried about getting their attention. You're worried about whether they know you love them and all those good things. And that's great in perspective. But God wants to know, are you at all concerned about him? Are you ready? Distracted and weary and worn down in your heart, smiling and hurting at the same time. You've been asking, can anybody see you? 
You've been wondering if they're so deep and they have a prophetic ministry, why don't they see what's going on with you? But it's because your husband wanted to take care of it himself. While I'm talking, I need you to put your offense at the front of your heart. Some of you are angry. You are mad. You are upset. And believe it or not, some of us could sense it. We pray for one another. And you, you ever just sometimes just be like, I can't put my finger on it. But something is going on with sister so-and-so. Or something is going on with brother so-and-so. You know what I'm talking about, elder, when you can see. But God doesn't allow you to say anything. I want you to imagine. For my last few minutes. I'm not going to be up here real long. That Christ is himself. You are the bride. And for a moment. I am the messenger. I'm the mediator. I'm the marriage counselor. In between delivering his message. Keep in mind. While he's away on this extended trip. He left these things for me to share with you. But Christ. The husband man. Has been conferenced in. And he can hear your response. Hello, beloved. I've scheduled this time to share my heart with you. I have arranged this time so that I can let you know that I am ready to bless you. I am ready to promote you. Expansion is yours, but there are things we must address first. I need you to know that I love you completely. And I shared it in Ephesians chapter 3 that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, my darling, that can detach you from my love. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can wedge between us. In John 3.16, it says that I loved you so much that I gave myself to save you from the life that you were living before. I gave me to change your lifestyle. I will pursue you just as Hosea did Gomer. That is the illustration I've laid out in the word to help you understand that I will pursue you and pursue you. However far you go, however low you get, I will pursue you, says God. I have paid the ultimate price that even when you choose your appetites, when you choose the king's dainties, when you choose your flesh cravings and your selfish plans over me. I've paid a price that will purchase you over and over and over again. I'll buy you back, says God. Remember, before you were even thinking of me, Romans 5 and 8, while you were yet living the life you were living, I died for you. Beloved, I overheard you having conversations with some people about some things in our relationship. It's funny because I asked you to seek me daily. I asked you to pray without ceasing. I asked you to come find me early when you knew I would be available. And I haven't heard from you in a very long time. But instead, you're sharing your heart with others. And here's what I heard you say. You spoke of how tired you are with the same routine and the same old stuff going on each and every day. Even though I encouraged you in my letters, Galatians 6 and 9, to be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. I hear you complaining about the servants and the builders that I left to work on our kingdom and work on our home. 
I handpicked them and I left them in charge to build, to have oversight and management. I told you in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 11 that every member has a place, a function, and an operation in the body. I told you in Ephesians 4, 11 and 16 that I have set them severally as I will for the perfecting of the saints, the building of the kingdom. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 6, they all have different administrations, but it is the same husband man. It is the same Lord. Huh, you've been discussing our finances. I overheard you complaining about, you know, what I asked you to do in the accounts. I said, wife, be sure to deposit the 10%. Make sure that you put the offerings in. Guaranteeing that every one of your needs would be met and that your desires would be provided. I set a portion order to make sure every single base was covered. You can read about it in Malachi and Deuteronomy and other passages. I load you with benefits every single day, but it doesn't seem to be enough. He only wants to share a few more things. You said you had no problem with having babies for me. You said you would reproduce and duplicate yourself in the earth. But your womb of discipleship has become sterile with bitterness, with sin, and lethargicness. You've become lazy on me. You won't even produce offspring. Mark 16, 5 and 16. Go ye into all the world preaching the gospel and producing believers. You have completely stopped reading my love letters to you. They are loaded with instruction and thoughts and plans for you to bring you to an expected end. And Joshua, I gave you a schedule, my love. I asked you to meditate day and night. Just read from me just a little bit. Jeremiah 29 and 11 encourages you that I know my thoughts towards you, wife. They are good. And not evil to bring you to an expected end, a hoped for end. You have become distracted by my servants and my builders. You allow their personalities and their leadership styles and their serving styles to get you off course. Acting like it's personal. This relationship is between you and I. I reminded you in Romans 7 and 18 that there is no good thing in the flesh. I told you until I got back, you would have to operate in the flesh, but I have you. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says that there are many members of the body, not the same office, many being in one body with gifts and differing according to the grace that I give unto them. You keep forgetting that I'm in charge, beloved. I only ask you to serve them how you can, submit to their rank and grace, trust that I have hand-picked them all. Some of you have even esteemed these leaders higher than me. You're so busy to impress them. So busy to please them and go to their beck and call. But in Exodus, one of those first letters I wrote you, 20 and 3, I asked you to put no other God before me. And finally, you agreed to keep yourself clean. When I washed you with my blood for the very first time, you told me you would keep yourself up. 
I commanded you to be ye holy for I am holy in first Peter one and 16. We agreed beloved on Leviticus 11 and 44 that you would sanctify yourself. We had an understanding my love in Ephesians 5 and 26 that you can even receive a cleansing by the washing of the word, but you won't even come back into the house to hear the word that'll wash you. I've set these leaders as proxies until I return to love you, to feed you, to watch over you and correct you, to instruct you, to preach and teach my word, to facilitate healing and deliverance, to encourage obedience, and to oversee all my homes and locations throughout the earth. Beloved, the church is my body. Will you commit to it? Will you love my body the way you love your own? I am your Lord. I am your God. I am your husband. I am not mad at you. But I do have questions. And the main one is before I transition you into good things and God things and great things, will you Renew your vows. Stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you six questions. And if you're truly ready to renew your vows with the Lord, you will answer by saying, I do. Are we ready? The husband man is listening. He has been conferenced in tonight. He shared his heart and trust that you have seriously considered those things being asked and brought to your attention. Will you vow to love me over all others? Will you vow to submit to me wholly? Will you vow to follow the commandments outlined in my word? Will you vow to serve unto me and not man? Will you forgive and release keeping no record of wrongdoing, whether it was another partner, a leader, or your very family, so I can usher you into your neck? Will you vow to love me and serve me without reservation? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we glorify you, we magnify you tonight. Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, that even as we stand as your bride, Lord God, we we lift our hands right now and we surrender, Lord God, every offense. We surrender every disappointment. We surrender every bit of rejection. We surrender, Lord God, the deep hurt down on the inside of our heart that we protect, Lord God, and rehearse over and over. Lord, we repent for the things that we've said and we've been doing and thinking that are not pleasing to you and in regard to your leaders and your builders, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that every person in our lives, we're releasing them, Father God, and we're walking in forgiveness, Lord God, that we would no longer hinder your movement for us, oh God. I decree, Lord God, that even the secret things, Father, that we're not courageous enough to highlight or those people, Father God, you said if we had an alt that we should bring it to them. But Lord God, they're bringing it to you tonight. 
And I ask that you will begin to deliver and set free. Lord God, every memory recall of everything that's been done to them to hurt them and to set them off course. I decree now in the name of Jesus that you would begin, Father God, to wash us. From the inside out, I thank you that you're creating new hearts and soft hearts. I thank you, Lord God, that you are positioning us for promotion. God, we are deciding tonight, God, that we will not take old things. We will not take aching possessions into our new place. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that the people have the courage, Lord God, to let go, Father God, knowing, Father God, that you will deal with every situation. I bind up every murderous spirit, Father God, with the tongue. I bind up, Lord God, every bit of revenge. Now, Rebashi, we cancel every negative harvest of negative words that have been sent and set, Lord God, in the hearts of the people and even dropped in this atmosphere. We decree that there is a sanitizing and a scrubbing of our hearts tonight. Even in marriages and even in relationships with children and parents, Lord God, we thank you for a washing tonight. We renew our commitment to you. We renew our yes to you tonight. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your will for our lives. Yes in our pray places of prayer. Yes, Lord God. Open up your mouth and begin to give God a renewed yes. Deep hurt and disappointment move now. Lord, I thank you that your love is saturating us from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. Somebody came here heavy and out of routine. But I thank you that you're breaking off everything that's not like you. I thank you, Lord God, that you're healing hearts tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that those people you highlight will be bold enough to approach them and tell them we forgive them and we love them and release them. And God, that it'll be received so that we can be clean for our next. Lord, we love you. We repent, Lord God, for abandoning our posts. We repent for becoming too familiar in our marriage with you. We thank you, Lord God, that like Hosea did for Gomer, you purchase us off the slavery block. You're faithful to us when we go a whoring, God. You're faithful to us when we don't choose you. And we say thank you. Thank you for not changing your mind. 